Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are The Blended Life, and welcome to another live episode on YouTube and Instagram. If you guys are watching, welcome. Tonight's topics are... A bag full of tricks. (laughs) A bag full of tricks, huh? Yeah. I don't think that's what we titled it, but... Well, we have a little bit of everything. We're doing another episode on um, our listeners and viewers' questions and situations that they bring up, so... Um, we're going to talk about biomoms, of course, my favorite subject. BMs. <clears throat> we're going to talk about ours, babies. I have to change our um, descriptions all the time because you put BM in the descriptions, <laughs> and I'm like, if you search the internet for a BM, it's a bowel movement. It's a bowel movement, so I have to make which it I'm sure makes stepmoms really happy. SEO <laughs> appropriate. So yeah. weird. Anyways, all right. Um, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about being stuck in the middle of your your kid and your spouse. Um, that's a... We talking about like at bedtime? <laughs> no, just feeling like you're stuck between you love your kid, you love your spouse, and it's just a disconnect there. So, right. All right. <clears throat> and then how to be, how to navigate being in a relationship with somebody who's been married and has a kid, but mm-hmm. you've never done that. Mm. So... All right. Where are we going to start? Let's social uh, media. Social media. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been thinking a lot <clears throat> because you know, on Instagram we follow a lot of blended families and um I have to say that if you're following accounts that are making you feel bad about your situation or your family, um may I invite you to stop following people um, that create any sort of negative vibes in you. Um, it matters. I just, I was reminded this morning, you know, I'm scrolling even through at my personal Instagram <laughs> By page. who? My mom? No. <laughs> or my aunt? <laughs> but half my family doesn't follow each other anymore because they make each other feel bad on well, social media. <laughs> but I was, I, I follow my own personal page, um, and I'm sitting there and I'm scrolling through and I'm just getting angry or... At your own personal page? Yeah, just people I follow. Were like you watch? Were you looking at your personal page from Blended Life, and it was making you angry? No, like I'm saying, <laughs> even oh my god, jokes, you guys, come on. I don't get the jokes because yeah. I'm trying to talk, but you don't it's want a, me to talk. Um, no, but I just, I just was reminded this morning. I'm like, if if things are making you angry, or people are making you feel bad, or what you're seeing is making you feel bad, you know, 
unfollow. Like, there's no law that we have to follow each other but and we're like married. each other. Well, um, you know, but blended families, especially, I think that a lot of what out that what's out there is like one second of a snapshot where everyone's smiling, and um, you know, I just am like, well, it's not a fairy tale. So, I would love to see more real life blended life accounts where people are really like putting out there their daily struggle not that it needs to be all naysayers and downers but it's hard to relate to people when you are looking at people and they look like they have perfect lives and you're sitting there struggling you know what I mean yeah or politics like if you follow people who are just pissing you off politically you can unfriend them you don't need to be nasty you don't need to write bad comments. You don't need to engage in fights. You can simply unfollow. Or you know what? Or if you don't want to unfollow, <clears throat> just scroll past. You don't have to leave a negative comment on everything that you see. And that kind of goes for, you know, our blended family situations too. If your ex does something that really just bugs you, mm-hmm. you don't have to put it out there and let them know that it really bugged you. And you don't have to Keep the fight going. If they say something to get a jab at you, you don't have to insult them back. You don't have to one-up them. You can simply just ignore them and move on. You know, And it doesn't have to be a back-and-forth thing. And I feel like that's where social media is this day and age. Everyone's trying to one-up one another. I mean, if you watch the news right now, there's constantly... Left, right, left, right, left, right, one up, one up, one up, one up, you know, and and it's gone so much further than just the people in power. But now if anyone gets a little taste of that, now all of a sudden they're in power and they have a say in it. And it it is just the society that we are building and it's a culture that we're building. But our kids are watching all of this and our kids are learning how to do this. So what they're doing is they're seeing how mom and dad are doing it and how political people are doing it and how people in the community are doing it and they're learning to do the same thing and they're starting to do the same thing with their own friends you know they've got to now one-up their friends and you know it's just uh it's turning into a sad thing and it's and it's our it's our area and our place to squash it while we can yeah you know and if if social media is super important to the parents Kids are watching that, and it's going to be super important to the kids. You know, they're going to think that they should engage in social media because mom and dad are on it 24-7, and that must be really important. So, you know, I want an Instagram account so I can engage in that way or whatever accounts that there are out there nowadays, TikTok. I'm not on TikTok, but Snapchat, Mm -hmm. you know, all the ways. Yeah. So I think that if if you don't want your kids to spend time engaged in social media, especially in this day and age, then you need to lead and not be hyper involved in social media as a parent. Well, and if you are, or maybe it's part of your job, it's a lot of people's jobs in this day and age, um, draw boundaries and create boundaries and times and places and do's and don'ts. And, uh, I mean, we're getting a little off subject here, but I mean, it's, it's kind of the, the overlying issue for a lot of things. Yeah. So I know. And I was a little girl, right. And we were, what was that like last year? <laughs> yeah. But I remember like, you know, magazines got such a bad rap for body shaming women or everything was airbrushed and retouched and girls looked at like 17 magazine and felt like they had to look like that. 
Well, now you have phones that you can retouch your own photos and it's such a bigger problem. Um, I think for women, I don't think it is for men. Men don't really look at social media and compare yourselves to other men, do you? Uh, They do, but they don't call themselves men. So (laughs) (laughs) you don't ever scroll through and feel bad about yourself. Gosh, I really wish I had those abs. (laughs) Right. It's like a, it's a more of a woman thing, I think. Right. Or a girl struggle. So um, the size of that bulge. I know. I just, it's wild to me. It's not even magazines now. It's like everything. everything. Yeah. You literally. know, you can't get away from it. So, um, first subject of the night, um, bulges, bulges. <laughs> Are you secure with your bulge? <laughs> I, I mean, I have to be. You don't. Mm-hmm. Why do you have to be? I would have, what am I going to do? Bob it myself, hack it off, throw it down the stairs. <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. All right. How to tell the bio mom that her actions are hindering the progress she she wishes to make between the kids and the bio dad and stepmom, complaining about tension, but then also holding the knife. So we had someone write in saying that bio mom is constantly bad mouthing, you know, her ex and the stepmom to the kids and constantly undermining the other family. And then she complains about tension, you know, like she'll come to bio dad and be like, there's so much tension. I hate this for our kids. Right. You know, um, or, you know, she really outwardly to everyone else is like, I want the kids to spend time with their dad. That's really important. But what she's doing behind the scenes is totally counteracting. She's just twisting the knife while it's in there. Yeah. Right. And so I think it's either right, it's either intentional or it's not intentional. But I think that if it's not intentional, you know, because I think that unfortunately for a lot of parents that kids end up being our friend. You know, they're always, especially when we're in a divorce, they know all the players involved in like intimately know who people are. They're with us all the time, and it's, I feel like, probably natural for parents to use their kids as, like, a sounding board or a person to vent to or, you know, like, to air frustrations out. Yeah, and it's misplaced, right? We know know that's not a good thing for kids. Mm -hmm. It's not a healthy relationship for you to have with kids, and it certainly undermines the kid's relationship with their other parent. But I sometimes fully believe that it's not intentional. I feel like sometimes bio parents are just frustrated and mad and hurt and angry and all the things. And unfortunately, kids are around and, you know, parents aren't perfect. And there's an overflow of the heart, you know, a lot. And our kids are witness to that. Um, Well, kids are common ground too. Kids not only see things, but... They're with the other parent while they do something or while something was said. And you want to talk about it, but you don't always know how to talk about it. And you don't know how to approach the situation. Our children are acting up. They want attention. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you know, but it, it the kids get caught in the middle of it. The kids mm-hmm. see something, they hear something, and we as parents try to dismiss it, explain it, um, we just we talk about it, and what that ultimately ends up doing is bringing in the kid or kids, and they have a lot more to process about it 
because they love both parents usually. Right. You know, they are not opposed to one. Like if you're in a divorce or in a bad divorce and, you know, you dislike your your spouse or your ex-spouse at this point, you know, the kids still love that spouse. Right. So. Well, and if you truly do want a healthy, functional relationship for your kids with their other parent and their other parent's spouse, you know, then you have to limit the negativity that you pass on to your children. Right. You know, and I understand that it's um, it's a lot of retraining your brain. It's a lot of biting your tongue. It's a lot of swallowing sand. It's a lot of calling up your friends after the kids have gone to bed. If you don't have a spouse in the home and you're a single parent, you know, then there's a time and a place to vent. You need to find appropriate places. And I, th- But I think that this is unintentional on some parents. For sure. You know, I don't think parents, you know, I think both can be true. They can be venting their frustrations because the kids, you know, and it, oftentimes it's trying to make the kids understand why. Like, why can't I do, like, kids always want to know why. Why are, why is it this way? Why did you get a divorce? Why are you mad at dad? Why can't I do this in this house? And why can I do it in the other home? Or why did dad say this? Or why did mom say this? There's, there's so, like, everything. Everything has questions to it. And that's really hard for parents, right? When you're having to field these questions out of the blue and that on top of it, they're super emotional questions. They're like, if somebody could pick a scab open and make it bleed, these are the questions that would do that. And so it is hard to be a politician and just kind of either tell the kids that, you know, it doesn't, maybe it doesn't concern them or it is none of their business or it isn't appropriate to talk about this at this time. You know, you need to kind of think about how you're going, you need to have an armor of retorts that are going to, answer the question without answering the question, which is why I say it's like being a politician, right? Um, Because you want to have those in your back pocket when kids come to you and ask those hard-hitting questions that... Who wants a lollipop? (laughs) Yeah, diversion. (laughs) Let's get ice cream. Yeah. Um, Which isn't a bad thing either, you know, distract. It depends on age, you know. (laughs) And what the distraction is. (laughs) But I, so I I think that um, parents need to do a better job. Daddy, throw the dick down the stairs. Okay. I think that parents need to do a better job of not answering every question maybe that kids ask or airing every frustration they have. Um, And I'm wondering too if this family, I don't know the relationship between bio dad and bio mom in this situation because they were asking like, what can we do? We're so frustrated. It's like, she says one thing and then does another behind closed doors. And like I said, I don't know if it's intentional or not. If it's not intentional, then my advice would be if you guys have, are on good terms at all or civil terms, maybe not friends, maybe just can communicate. You know, I would bring this up in an email and just say, this is what we notice and what can we do to help? You know, I think it's always good to ask how you can support, how you can help, because that doesn't come off as an attack. It makes it seem like you're on the same team, which you are. Yeah, and it shows that you care. It shows that you are interested, and 
um, you might learn a thing or two that would help also in your own household. Yeah. And I would, yeah. And I would say like, Hey, I don't think it's intentional. You know, this is probably unintentional on your part, but we notice that there's so much tension and the kids are having a hard time and we're having a hard time. And yet, you know, you want so badly for us all to get along and we want that too. So how can we work on this together? Like, what can we do to cut the tension, you know, out completely? You know, what are some things? And maybe she will self-reflect and think, oh, you know, maybe we don't talk about each other. You know, maybe you bring that up as a point. Like, listen, maybe maybe you and I don't talk about each other to our kids anymore. If and make can, it, like, include yourself in it, too. If you can get to that point, though, and you guys can be on the same page about that, then maybe you can be on the same page about other things. And once you're on the same page about other things, multiple things, lots of things, then the kids start seeing, like, even though they're in two separate households and you guys live in different places, mom and dad still work together as a team or they have the same goals, they have the same common interest for the kids. And the, it, it allows the kid or it doesn't allow the kids to waver back and forth. They kind of have the same rules, the same expectations. And when the kids know that mom and dad talk, bio mom and bio dad talk, then... There's a little bit more um, integrity there because they can't necessarily get away with everything because mm-hmm. mom's going to tell dad and dad's going to tell mom and now they're not really getting away from it and they can't escape it when they go to the other house. Yeah, it's such a good point. They can't so, play both sides against each other. Yeah, or get so. out, or get out of it. That's you right. know, if, if they are in trouble at one house and they know, okay, well, I go to the other house in you know five hours. What's what's the reason for them having to stop this behavior? If in five hours they're just off the hook, now they're back over to a fresh start and having fun at the other house, right? And uh, my ex and I have gotten on that page a little bit more over the last few years. It's not like a really really big consistent thing, but we do talk about it. We do talk about behavior of our son together, and um, we're not a hundred percent with it. But we do, it does translate a little bit. We are aware we're able to talk with um, him when he comes back and forth. And we talk back and forth. And he knows that. So it's helped a little bit. Um, but it's it's one of those things that he just knows. He's, he, doesn't, he doesn't have, um, you know, full reign just to completely refresh and restart when he goes to the other house. So. Yeah. And it's nice to be able to give each other a heads up to... Um, this is what we've dealt with here this week. Good luck for next week, you know, and then the parent kind of knows this is what is, you know, coming my way. And I think that's a, that's a good thing. (laughs) I can't get him off the roof. So he's going to be a little late showing up. Yeah. That was our Friday. Oh man. (laughs) Calling him out. No, but really, so it goes over there. We had talked about it. Mm -hmm. So her and I had talked about a solution before he even got home. So he gets home and, they're able to kind of start on the same page where she knows what has been going on with him, his actions, his behavior. And she's able to to kind of address it in multiple ways. She can either jump on the same bandwagon and be angry at him, or she can understand that he has been in trouble. He's dealing with something right now. Try to figure it out and try to work with him on it. And she did take that approach. And they had a very, like a much, much better week than previous week or the week that I had had with them. So it's it's nice when you can get on the same level and playing field and communicate um, 
with the other parent, you know, and co-parent. It's just a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what if this, so then you got the flip side, like this parent, this bio mom who is bad mouthing behind the back of the other parent to the kids, you know, so if it's unintentional, I think you reach out and you just, you know, address the elephant in the room that there's tension. How can we, you know, well, these are maybe, these are, how can we address that? Let's figure it out. What do you think is causing it? Um, if it's intentional and she's just undermining you and being a difficult person, um, I don't, I mean, obviously you don't have power to change someone. So some people are just miserable and they're going to be miserable no matter what. They're going to make everyone's lives miserable. And so I think that then that, because sometimes there's just going to be tension, right? Sometimes there is no fix. If somebody doesn't want to change, then it's going to continue. And sometimes you just have to do the best you can do with the hand you're dealt. And if she's not going to change and the situation's not going to change, you just live your life different. You know, and you talk to the kids about it. You know, you acknowledge that there's tension and I'm so sorry. And this must be really hard to have, you know, your your mom say these things. But you know the truth because you're in our home with us. You know, I don't think you stop the conversation with your kids just because somebody's misbehaving, even if it's an adult. You use that opportunity as a learning tool for the kids to learn how to deal with this because this is a life issue that they're going to deal with forever. You know, people bad mouthing people and undermining people and and being unfairly treated, right? This is the world we live in. So I think you can use it for an opportunity to teach them the real world a little bit. But I think that parents and step parents need to acknowledge how hard it is on the kids. Um, And then also just do the best you can do with it. If the bio mom isn't owning it or going to change I mean what can you do no you just have to make the best of it and deal with it and learn it and also know how you can get around the situation without fueling that fire more if you can know the person that you're arguing with or you can't get along with if you can know what sets them off or what triggers them you can use that for two things you can use either use that to set them off and trigger them which I know is a lot of fun everyone's like yeah but you can it also makes use it, worse. it totally does, but you <laughs> can also so use helpful. that to not set them off and not trigger them. And mm-hmm. it won't, it, you know, it just makes things that much easier if you know how to tiptoe around them. Yeah. So know your audience, even if it's the bio mom, you know, know who you're dealing with, avoid the landmines, um, and do your best. All right. Going on to question two. Um, so this was interesting because we got asked in this, um, I didn't print the whole thing, but we got asked for our reasoning why we are not having an hours baby. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, basically this, we have hours puppies. Um, this viewer, listener, follower wrote in and she said, you know, they both have kids, they're a blended family and they're discussing an hours baby. And they're on the fence. They don't know. They don't know if they should or not. And she just feels like if they don't, she'll regret not having a child with her husband. She's like, he's Mm. a great dad. Mm -hmm. And she feels bad for her own kids because their dad isn't so wonderful. And so 
she feels that they, you know, so she's like, I want to have a kid with the, with my husband and experience having a present father experience, having that family unit. And then she asked, you know, she, she's like, what's your thoughts on that? And then she said, how do you decide, you know, what are some deciding factors? And then why, do, why did you guys decide not to? Well, you decided not to. And <laughs> did you just, want kids? <laughs> no, but you decided oh. not to. Um, no, but you know what? It made me think of something when you were just talking about her kids, her present kids that she has right now, their father's not so present and not so good. And what I do see could happen to that. Like, yeah, she wants a child with her husband now, but I could see that causing tension with her other kids and jealousy being there because now they would have this cute little family unit of three and her other kids would would see that and almost have jealousy or resentment. Or could. I'm not saying they would, but I'm saying they could have jealousy or resentment that now mom's got a husband, mom has a new baby, baby has a dad, dad is present, you know, and, and here's the other kids that are already in the situation and aren't so stoked about it, um, you know, or maybe they are, but they're like, we just want a whole family and we just want our dad and here this new baby has the opportunity and I could see that being a little yeah little thorn in their side I mean, possibly I don't know the the kids in the situation well, and but I think that's, that's a, just one way of looking at it jealousy is a very real thing and I experienced this even though I wasn't an hours baby in my home I was a stepchild and I remember my I had three older stepsisters from my stepdad and they all hated me and they were so jealous that I got to be raised because they lived about five, six hours away from us. So they weren't raised with my stepdad, but my stepdad right. was in my life since I was like a year or two old. I think it was a one year old. So basically my stepdad raised me from one year old and I had him my whole life right. and they were always hating me and super jealous and, you know, did mean things actually. Did you ever try to sell them back? <laughs> but they did mean things like they picked on me. I mean, they humiliated me um, when they would come to visit and things like that. And um, we had some fights with adults about it. And it's just, um, oh, it's. It's a real thing that lives regardless if you haven't. I guess my point to that is whether you have ours babies or not, you know, if you have a stepfather stepping up for a stepchild and not his own children. Right. I mean, there's jealousy across the board. I think that that's a blended family issue in every interpersonal relationship, right? The jealousy thing. Um, Our dogs are having a blended family issue <laughs> on video. If you guys are watching this. This is what they do. Yeah. Um. So I get, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful sentiment to want a child with your spouse so that your love is what, like humanized. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a beautiful sentiment. And if anyone feels led to do that, I think that's really, really, really beautiful. Um, and I know some blended families, we interviewed one um, a while back you know, they had an hour's baby and they both had kids from other marriages or other relationships and it brought their family together. Hmm. You know, 
they um I feel like that's the situation um with my ex and my kids other house I feel like it helped bring them together a little bit yeah babies can unite a family you know suddenly all the siblings all the step siblings have this baby in common and they're all equally into it they all are half you know and it gives everyone like um it gives everyone a purpose I don't know it's it it brings people together and I think it's just you have to know your audience again, Something they right? all commonly love. Yeah, it's like, you know, they they all have, you know, no one has more of a right or a say to this baby than the other one. Right. You know, they're all equals and... That would be one loved baby. Yeah. But I think that Can you have to... McLovin. McLovin. <laughs> you have to know your audience. You have to know your kids. Um, You have to know... If it's going to, I think you have to know the temperature of your family. If your family is, I think it can go one of two ways. Because then you have a baby and you're really stressed out and you're tired. And if you have kids who hate each other and you're already feeling really separate in your family, um, I think that can even create a, a, a greater divide, you know, because now attention is to a baby, you know. And if a child already feels like they're not getting attention in your home, and now you're adding a baby and that's less attention, I think it can lead to resentment. But you have to really just talk about it amongst your, your obviously your spouse and figure out if the kids, you know, I, you know your kids the best. Now, right. why we didn't have an hours baby. One, I'm really old. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> um, you know, I, I none of our kids hate each other our kids don't like each other uh or or none of our kids like dislike each other but our kids are all very different i think in our household it would be more of a divide than bringing them together yeah it would be a common thing i think it would just make everyone jealous i think yeah i think it would just be it would it would be a weird situation i don't think the oldest in our home would care because he would just not care care about anything the the youngest would be the most the youngest would be like she's asked our youngest can i drop it on its head (laughs) our youngest has really actually wanted it and asked um since we got married actually she's always like tell her grow up and have your own (laughs) well we'd have to move i mean logistically we'd have to move out of our house that you know there's a lot of reasons why not but she would be excited. I think our middle would have a really hard time. He would have a very, very hard time with it. And it's just not worth it. You know, it's not worth creating even more of a hard time than this blended family life can be. And, you know, I just don't feel the need personally to have another child. I, yeah. No I thanks. don't, I didn't, you know, so that's a personal choice for me. He didn't ever want children when we got together so that just worked out it wasn't that we <laughs> but we kept them yeah but it wasn't like we just you know like he wanted a kid and i didn't or i really wanted a kid and he didn't it's we just, both just came it yeah. was like that was a conclusion we had already come to our individual selves before we got together and so it was never like a big thing of like no, it's never been a it's never been a topic more than I mean, this might be the most we've talked about it right now. Yeah. And, you know, like I said once and he got really offended, but like we have completely different now that we're parents and we're parenting somewhat together, we have completely different parenting styles. And a lot of times I feel like 
This is something to consider too if you're having an hours baby. You know, how are your parenting styles in the home? Because for me, in my opinion, ours are so different. I would think that it would create a lot of like fights or it would just be really difficult to parent with somebody who has a completely different parenting style than you. Um, And so I think that's another thing you have to really consider when you're having an hours baby. You know, you have an opportunity to see your spouse already being a parent. And so if you like how they... Apparently she does not like what she sees. It's not right or wrong. We're different. I don't think that I do it right. Obviously don't do it right. But I think that we're just different and that creates issues. And if you guys are able to not have that and it's, you know, you just have to kind of know what you're getting into. And you're lucky that you do because some people have kids with somebody, right? And they don't see them as a parent first. And so we as blended family people have a very unique opportunity to see each other as parents before we go down that road. And I think that's a unique opportunity you you should really consider. Right. Right? Yeah, no, I agree. If, uh, if, if everyone took the time and figured that out, if their parenting styles would align um, before they had children or before they got married, (laughs) yeah, you know what I mean? Like it, it would, it would take a lot of eliminations or, you know, it, it would eliminate a lot of the the divorce, and the fights and everything. The problem is we're human beings and we don't think with our minds when yeah. it comes to that type of stuff. So. Well, and for you and me too, we get along normally better when we don't have kids. Right. And so why would bringing kids, more kids into it, Yay. you know, would would just put off further down the road our time together right you know now we're not a sentence but you are you're sentencing yourself to at least 18 more years before you get to enjoy your spouse and so I just think you know it's it's a lot to look at like what are your goals as a couple like I'm really excited to just be us someday one day one day you know I think that'll be really fun we'll be able to go do stuff and (laughs) no yeah no I'm just laughing like one day we'll be able to go do something yeah, yeah, it's hard to go do something as a blended family. It totally is because it's we all have fun. different schedules. We all have different attitudes, um, likes, temperaments. What people, you know, it's just, and not all blended families are like that, but our blended family is most definitely like that. And sometimes it's just not even worth it. <laughs> We're starting to learn. Yeah, like why are we going to throw money at a bad time? Why are we going to take time off work when we'd rather be at work? You know, um, and so anyway, a million and one reasons for us, but your family is unique and your situation is unique and you just really need to look at all aspects of it, you know. You said ass. Ass. Specs. Look at the ass. Specs. Oh my gosh. All right. Uh, Moving on, when you're stuck in the middle of really loving your spouse and your child and wishing they would have a relationship you would and wishing they would have that relationship you would want for them, full of adoration, love, and closeness. How to deal when you feel like your spouse resents your child? <laughs> you go first. <laughs> Me go first. <laughs> um, I'm going to see how far she goes with this before I answer back. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's fine. I'm just kidding. I mean. um, <laughs> He's not kidding. I think this is very common And I think that it's a lot of misunderstanding 
happening. And actually I've been emailing back and forth with this gentleman, um, who wrote in and I met him on a dating site. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but I think that we all wish that our spouse had a, a relationship with our kids, like a biological father or mother would. I think that that's a normal wish. We all wish that, you know, our stepkids or our, our children felt like their step parent was as important and as close as their biological. You know, that would melt our hearts. That's what we, 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 we wish for closeness. We want that adoration and love and respect and honor. And because we love our spouse so much, you know, it, it validates us when our kids also love our spouse so much. And we want that perfect family. And I get all of the really wishing things were better and different. I think that is a real thing across the board for blended families. And I think that it's a rarity to have a situation where that closeness is how it is off the bat with the step parent. You know, I think that is not the rule. I think that's the exception. I think the rule is just you always wish it was a little bit better. You know, things were a little bit closer um, kids were more comfortable going to any parent in the home. That's not our home. Our home is very not like that. Um, so I want to acknowledge that. The other thing is, is I told, and this is what I told him, because he's making these accusations like she resents my kid. And I'm like, okay, well, why? The People aren't, I mean, unless you just married an evil bitch or you married <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. Unless you married a horrible person or an evil, stupid bitch or a asshole of a husband hey. who just hates kids. Guilty. You know, I like love them all. there's probably more going on than just a simple statement of my wife resents my son or my, my wife resents my daughter, you know, or my husband resents my son or daughter. And I think that the, what your responsibility is, if you're this bio parent in this situation, you need to find out why. Because oftentimes it isn't the kid. It is what's the dynamics that are going on with the kid. Right. You know, is it the parenting? Is it the co-parenting? Is it the relationship between bio parent and kid that is you know, n- hard to swallow. I don't know. Is it the relationship bio parent and step parent, you know, like what there's, there's more, you got to get to the why, you know, you can't just lay that out there and then walk away and be like my wife or my husband, you know, I mean, I think that you have to figure out what's going on. And I think that, and when I told him, because I think that this is a very hard conversation to have with a spouse, because if she does, he or she says anything about your kid, right? Your shackles are up. You're getting defensive. You're going to stop hearing her. Your what are up? Shackles. Okay. You know, you're going to just stop listening. So I think that if you also really care, is that not a word? Is it not shackles? Not the right word. <laughs> what is it? You know what I mean? What are the things? We're all laughing. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. What are they called then? <laughs> you get rid of the S. 
Anyways. I don't know what it, what S. It's all right. Keep going. Oh, we're in, no, we're no, all no, entertained no. now. Oh, my gosh. Well, um, but I think that to have a hard conversation like this that needs to be had to get to the why, because you can't fix it. Like, if you lay that out there and walk away and you let that be, that statement, then that's all that, then it's just there. That's all that will be. If you want to fix that or you want to change that, or you want to feel less unhappy about that, you have to figure out what's going on. And the only way to do that is to have the tough conversation. But what you have to do is create a safe space for your spouse to be able to tell you the hard shit. So if your spouse can't tell you things that you're not going to want to hear or that are going to be really like, judgmental to your kid or your relationship to your kid or their relationship to their other parent or if you can't handle hearing it and your shackles get put up <laughs> whatever they're called what are they called now I want to know Thanks, what is it what we're getting great video oh it's mostly because God. of you <sighs> all right reset but I think that you you have to create a safe space for your spouse to be able to open up to you and I think, again, it's a lot of swallowing sand. It's a lot of biting your tongue. It's a lot of just being quiet and listening. And I don't know how, I mean, I'm an emotional being, so I don't know how you are not supposed to get emotional. I just think you shove it down until you can scream in your pillow or light something on fire or punch <laughs> a wall. Are you going to start protesting? Yeah. Peacefully? <laughs> With a brick. With a brick. But I think you have to get your emotions out. But I think that you don't need to punish your spouse for having an ominous conversation with you. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Uh, yeah, I completely do. So I don't think it's so simple a lot of times as my wife hates my kid. My husband hates my it's daughter. A blanket, it's a blanket statement. It's, it, it's, it's an easy way out. It's just know? the packaging. But I don't There's think so much that's more inside it. that package. Right. It's like the Costco fun size. What is the Costco fun size? The packaging. I don't know what it's you mean. it's the blanket statement that happens. It's like it's a ginormous box that's like has like ten thousand things inside of it, you know? Kinda like a hooker. I mean, probably millions <laughs> of things. Anyway. But I so I I'm you know, I want to validate the feeling that there's a lot of people who wish things were different. We wish our blended families got along better. We wish we all parented the same. We wish everyone had the same interests so we could go on vacation and just have a splendid time. We wish we were all on the same sleep schedule so the house wasn't having to be quiet comment was all so hours of the day. <laughs> you know, like our house has to be quiet from... 10 at night till 10 in the morning. Because Otherwise, my shackles are up. <laughs> because we have people who go to bed at 10 and who don't wake up till 10. And so it's or very 11, hard for our kids 10. because, or 11 or 12, they wake up at 11 or 12. <laughs> not. No, the not other day we woke up till 11. But I that's had what I mean. such a migraine though. But yes. And I had been up since like seven, I don't know what time the kids get up. <laughs> I had been up since then. So, you know, it's, it's. Here comes the youngest oh. down the stairs. <laughs> Making a bowl of cereal. Clink, clink, clink. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we all wish that yeah, we were. Yeah, she's going back up the stairs. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. 
But we all wish things were a little bit different, you know, in our blended families and everyone was more alike so we could be more understanding of each other. But I get it's hard when you feel like you're stuck between your, that also is a real thing, right? Being stuck between your spouse and your kids. I felt that way. Eric certainly felt that way. I think that most biological parents in blended families at one time or another feel that way because you feel so strongly for each. And oftentimes, you know, that you didn't make these kids with your spouse. You are not on the same playing field as much as we all wish we were. It's a different dynamic than being a natural family. And I think a lot of that is just accepting what is and making the best that you, you mean you can spend all day being sad about this, right? You could spend all day being upset and disappointed and mad and frustrated and you, this could ruin everything, you know, or you can count your blessings and be like, I have a spouse. Who count your years. <laughs> How many years left? Till the kids move out, <laughs> you know, or you can, you can try to find the good, you know, you married this person for a reason, you know, you picked them for a step parent for a reason. Um, and so I don't know, I think have work on your marriage. Right. And I always tell people that I'm talking a whole lot. I'm sorry, but no, we love your voice. You don't, we do. I'm, I'm not even kidding. But I think that what parents oftentimes and I wish I would have said this, and I don't think I wrote this in this email. I'm going to go check, and then I'm going to probably write to him again. Because we get What if so, he's already matched up with someone and he deleted his profile? Oh, my God. We get so Twitterpated over the kid thing. And we forget that our marriage is the core relationship of our blended family. And what I tell people and what I'm learning is that anytime you're having a struggle in your blended family with the kids, like you feel like kids are coming between you or the kids are, you know, whatever it is, you have to go back to your marriage. It isn't about the kids. I mean, as much as you, you know, we're taught that families are about the kids and stuff like that, but it is always go back to your marriage when you're struggling, you know, like for me, my biggest thing about this is that they're not able to communicate, to have a hard conversation to figure out what's going on. He's just going to say that she resents my kid. And I think that's a problem in the marriage because obviously, you know, he's making that assumption unless she's just said that. But again, why are you not having a conversation about like, why? Like if you came to me and said, I really resent your daughter, I feel like we would have to talk about that. With your shackles up? With my shackles up. So I don't know. I just think that, you know, kids are not permanent. They leave. They will not. Like you're eventually you're going to be left with your spouse. Like that is the relationship that needs the most nurturing, the most care should be the priority. And I get flack for this, but I think that it's the core of the blended family. If you didn't have your spouse, you wouldn't have said blended family. Right. So it's a fine line I get between, right, being a parent and being a spouse. And when you don't share that with somebody, it's really hard because you are divided into two people. You are parent and spouse. Well, and really at the end of the day, if you were to divide and you don't have an hour's baby, there's nothing holding or tying you together usually. I mean, maybe some materialistic things. Um, But 
that is the difference, you know. There is a his and a hers, you know, and there's separation. So if uh, if nothing else besides, why are you smashing the dog's head into the microphone? Poor little pup pup. Anyways. What were you saying? I don't know until you really smash the dog's head into the microphone. He's fine. You need to get Puck. You guys, this is Chip, who I have on my lap. The littlest over there is crying for dad. Is that where it came from? I heard it in the mic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So how do you deal when your spouse, when you feel like your spouse resents your child? They want to see his impression of Princess Leia. You have a conversation with your spouse about your feelings, about their resentment, and you work it out. That is how you deal with it. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, so, yeah. Um, Do you have any advice about that? No, I put in my two cents. My shackles are down now. Yeah. And it could be an easy fix. You know, it could just be that the stepmom's exhausted Yep. And just need you to help out more. Oh my gosh, then problem solved, right? That's a lot. One, that oh. is one thing I have noticed in a blended family is there is a lot more of just his and hers role. Um, I feel like you have to pull your weight a lot more and a lot unevenly. You know, I know there's times that I feel like I do a lot more than everyone in the house. And I know there's a lot of times that you feel like you do a lot more than everyone in the house. But at the end of the day, blended family is a lot more work than your normal nuclear family you know it's it's not a normal it's not easy it's not an easy there's no flow thing (laughs) the only flow happens in the toilet oh my gosh you know it is it's i feel like blended family life is like you're just swimming up fucking stream all day long some days you know um you know it's just just want to fish, but you can't get it. He's fishing. Oh, my up gosh. My, All right, nose. moving on. Last one before we wrap it up for tonight. How to navigate being in a relationship with your partner and having to deal with the ex when you've never been married or had kids of your own. Talk about being thrown into the deep end. <laughs> into the shark pit. I don't know if we've talked shark about tank. this on air. We probably have. I feel like we've talked about everything. But I often have wondered, like, have you ever wondered, like, is it easier to be a single person who's never been married and doesn't have kids to enter into a situation because you don't have an ex to deal with, you don't have kids, you know, you only have to deal with one set of circumstances, well, you know, not two. My first marriage I entered into, and I didn't realize it, I've talked about this before, but didn't realize, we created a little blended family at the beginning, you know, my, but you didn't even realize this. I didn't realize this, but I looking back in hindsight, realizing that hindsight is not 2020. <laughs> 2020 is a crap show. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, McLovin. Um, it, it is, it makes things very complicated. And had I been a different type of person, I could have seen it going south really quickly. And, Um, the sad thing is, is the negativity of the other side, you know, of the other bio parent, um, almost became a breeding ground for negativity and it became a common subject that we dealt with a lot of times. And, um, 
looking back, it's not the healthiest way to have a relationship. You know, we spent a lot of time um, dealing with the other, with the ex, because, you know, we both cared about this little girl and cared about what was in her best interest. But it was just a, it was a very upfront topic that happened all the time. Now I could see someone that doesn't have kids that has to deal with an ex all the time, getting completely fed up with it and just getting exhausted from it because that's not usually what people are signing up for when they're, when they're single and don't have kids and aren't raising kids, you know? Well, and I think that even if you think you know what you're signing up for, you don't really know what you're signing up for, right? Like you don't really know what marriage is going to be like until you're living it and living together before marriage doesn't count. It, it changes. Um, and I won't go into the million reasons why I say that, but you know, until you are in it, you don't know how you're going to react, how the kids are going to react, how the ex is going to react, how your partner is going to react, um, how your family is going to react, how his or her family is going to react. I mean, until you enter in, you just don't know. And the hard part of that is you can't understand what being a parent is like if you're not a parent. You can't understand what being married and divorced is like if you've never been divorced. Like if you've never been divorced and you don't have an ex and you don't have that hardship, you can't understand or even really properly empathize with what your ex is or what your partner slash boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, whatever is going through. And I think that lack of understanding, even if you say like, well, I'm with, I'm in it with you. And I deal with this with you. Like we deal with these situations together and, and we are in the trenches together. You don't know what it's like because you're, you, you haven't been divorced. You haven't been a parent. You know, you haven't had to watch your flesh and blood go away for a week at a time. So you're saying that the egg exercise in what? home ec class just didn't cut it for you? No. Where you had to like raise an egg. I didn't have home ec. No, is that Clearly, what class that was in? I don't know. What class don't know. did you go to? This is know. weird. I ate the egg. I got hungry. But I just, I think the hardest part, not that it can't work. I think there's easy aspects and hard aspects of. Ass what? <laughs> ass wipe. Specs. I think there's easy, easier aspects and harder aspects. I think the hardest is just not being able to empathize and not understanding what, it, you know, because there are times where I back off because I understand, like, I'm not going to add to his struggle by being right. You're right. Right. Do I add to your struggle? I feel like I don't give Eric a hard time when he has to deal with things. I, because I understand what it's like to have to deal with things. Right. You know, why are we going to make it harder on each other? You know, I understand what it's like to have an ex that you have to try to co-parent with. So it's, it makes me more understanding of when Eric has to co-parent with his ex. You know, um, I understand that bond that you have with your children because I have that bond with my own children. You, do you know what I'm trying to say? And I think when you I don't you're have, trying to say. when you don't have that, I think it just makes it a little bit more difficult to 
not get jealous or frustrated, you know what I mean? But on the other side of it, it's easier to have less cooks in the kitchen. So if you don't bring kids or access to the table, that could also be a breath of fresh air. Right. Because it is harder. The more people you add to the blended family, the harder it is to navigate through as well. So I just think as long as you are in good relationship with the kid, then maybe that's all you need to know. That's just the the secret sauce. The secret sauce. Be content with the kids. I feel like you're just done with this podcast now. No, I'm not. You said it was our last thing, so I was queuing up, getting ready. Are we not? Yeah, but what is your advice? Um, Just be content with the kids. Yes, dear. (laughs) I mean, whoops. Sorry, I just went into auto mode. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. You never say yes, dear. (laughs) I know, but I went into (laughs) auto mode. I never go into auto mode. I'm always in manual and I'm always just doing it the hard way. You're always playing with your stick? Yes. In manual? Yes. Okay. So, anyways, are we out of here? We out. <laughs> that quickly, huh? Thanks, you guys, <laughs> for joining us tonight. If you have questions or situations or anything you would like to us to talk about on next week's podcast or, or you know, any podcast, just write us a message. Email us. Get in touch. We're usually good about writing back eventually. Yeah, you'll get random, like, really late night emails on the tube. Yeah. So, and Eric responds, so you guys know, Eric responds to all of our YouTube, and I respond to all of our Instagram and Facebook. So that's how, like, who you're talking to. Unless it's, like, really, like, a complicated, tough one, then it's kind of both of us. A lot of times we talk about it. Um, If it's pretty simple things, we'll just tackle it. So if if you want to hear from Eric... Go to YouTube. <laughs> if you, you don't, don't want to hear from me, just turn this thing off now. So, <laughs> anyways, thank you guys for tuning in, being part of our blended family, and we hope to hear from you guys next week. No, they hope to hear from us next week. Yeah. Are we going to be here next week? I don't know. I haven't decided. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> you guys want us to come back next week, give us a thumbs up. All right, you guys, thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time. As Buddy Boy 805 would say, peace. Just kidding. I watched one of his old streams the other day. It was really funny. He was like just a little squeaker when he was really a little kid. But anyways, bye, you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.